Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome back to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always, sitting next to me is Matt. Thank you so much. You're an adoring crowd. It's always nice to have the sound effects button in front of you, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. It sure is. (laughs) So, welcome back to Season 2 of the Weight Loss Podcast. Yep, continuing on with a discussion about weight loss surgery. Yes. So weight loss surgery and is it harder? Is it easier? What's We're just going to have a general discussion. A general discussion um, with a bit of a bit of personal insight. Yeah. So uh, if you listened to our, our season one, you would have heard us already touch on weight loss surgery with our interview with Ali. Mm-hmm. Ali, uh, who is one of our clients and did have weight loss surgery before starting. To work with us. Yes. So you get a little bit of insight from that, but this conversation is just going to be a little bit broader in terms of exactly what it is, why it is, and... Well, it's, ha- worth, it's, it's a discussion about what's involved, yeah. uh, what it does, how it works as an overview, but then also obviously giving our two cents worth uh, as professionals, because yeah. ultimately, I know with me, I've worked with a number of people um, post weight loss surgery and I think it's worth having a discussion of observations mm. that I've had um, pros and cons etc absolutely and then give our our conclusion at the end yeah absolutely so first thing we want to look at here is I suppose why why surgery why is it an option I think just from where I stand yeah obviously I don't know I'd, all the technical um, information like you do, Matt, because you did a lot of research into it when you had clients uh, come to you with it. I think that just from the outside looking in, I would say that a lot of people look at surgery because it's recommended to them. Mm. I think a lot of the time it is recommended to them not only by friends and family but also by health professionals. I think I think predominantly... It is recommended by people like your GP. Yes. And I also think that there is a sense of, well, you've tried and you can't do it by yourself, so this is this is your only option. Yep. I think there's also, it is very often sold to people as an easy solution. Easy to I've I've heard it also sold to people as it's an easy solution for one part of it. So someone will say, "Oh, I'm just an overeater, so I just want to get the weight loss surgery, so I can't eat as much." <laughs> so they just want to solve the problem, but they think that by solving just one part of the problem, it's going to solve the whole picture or the whole puzzle. Um, so I think that that's a misconception involved as well. There are a number of misconceptions when it comes to weight loss surgery, uh, in particular how much or how little, I suppose, is really spoken about potential side effects and just what it means mm. to, have, to have it done. So I think the question I want to ask you, Courtney, and I suppose ask us, 
did you, like you and I have a history of being very overweight. Mm. Did you ever consider it? No. Why? And I actually think I grew, like, grew up in, a, in, in an environment where, there, where it was spoken about, mm-hmm. I have to say. It wasn't um, something that I was overly exposed to. Mm-hmm. No one I knew growing up ever had it. Um, it w- wasn't something, obviously, at a young age, any health professional would have spoken to me about. Mm. Um, so I think it's probably just worked out, I guess, lucky in a way that I hadn't been involved in it. But I could definitely feel like in the state of mind when I was really unhappy that it would have definitely have been something that I would have looked at if I was exposed more to it. Yep. So I think it's probably just just out of sheer coincidence that I was never really exposed to it would be why I never, never even considered it. In hindsight, are you glad? Yeah. No regrets? No. Why? I think everything that I've heard now and everything that I've seen now would tell me that I would be um, – it would have been a very, very different road with mm-hmm. weight loss surgery and I would not have been happy about it. I'll be fully transparent. If I had the financial means, I would have done it back then mm. for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> One, I, like a lot of people – thought it was an easy solution to a gigantic problem because mm. that's also how it is often pitched. Um, and secondly, I was so unhappy that it's the shortest path to the destination. Yeah. You wanted that to happen quicker. And I, I was aware of it at the time because being a lifelong nerd, you are exposed. Like I've, I've, been, I've been active, for example, online now for like, 23 years mm. and you learn you learn you're exposed to a lot of things you see a lot of things uh, and I knew about what was available mm. and I would definitely have done it but the money just wasn't there and I didn't have anything like any sort of private health cover or anything to make it sort of like a, a claimable thing but I didn't get it done mm. I had to do it the old fashioned way Fuck, I'm glad I did. Yeah. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> now, um, having having worked with plenty of people that have had various types of weight loss surgery and seen it with my own two eyes as someone who is coaching people with these conditions, mm. and I'm going to use the term conditions because as we'll get into shortly with the... The, the various types of surgery that you can have, they are conditions and because they create conditions mm. that then you need to work around, which I'm kind of giving the whole game away by saying that. But the question of do I have regrets not having it? Fuck no. <laughs> I am so glad I was too povo to be able to afford to get weight loss surgery back then because it's forced me to have to learn the fundamentals. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot to be said about the, the growth you can experience inside and outside by just honestly rolling up the sleeves and just working hard, mate. Mm. Now, there's different types, as we alluded to, there's different types of weight loss surgery. There's um, really, like, off the top of my head, four different major methods, but they both fall under, or all four of them will fall under two different types of categories, right? 
So weight loss surgery is also known as bariatric surgery. Um, it, is, it is meant to help you lose weight and to help lower the risks that are associated with obesity. That's, that's what it's sold as. Yeah, okay. okay. Now, pretty much the two different ways weight loss surgery can work, these two ways. The first one is restriction. Right. So it is surgery that's used to physically limit the amount of food that your stomach can hold. Yes. Now, that means well, you, get, you, you physically can't get as much food in your stomach. It obviously reduces your energy intake. Yes. Because there's less going in. Mm-hmm. That's the restriction method. Yes. The other method is the malabsorption method. Now, this the malabsorption method is an operation that is there to like shorten or bypass part of your small intestine, mm-hmm. which then again reduces the amount of energy that you can you can absorb, but unfortunately also reduces the amount of nutrients you can absorb. Hence the term malabsorption. Yes, your body isn't taking in the energy and the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients that it normally would when it absorbs the food that you eat. Yes. So it's either it's either restriction based or it's malabsorption based. Yes. Now, and and I, and I think within those two sort of overall cases, mm. correct me if I'm wrong, you've got a few different styles of surgery. Yeah. And I think there's two main ones, and I, I guess in Australia at least that people talk about. I think there's there's obviously more than these two, but I think there's just two main ones, which is the one where they have it's reversible, so they in it's not. It doesn't have to be there forever. That's the band. That's the band. So they insert a band around your stomach and it is inflated, which tightens it, which restricts the amount of food that can pass through your stomach, Mm -hmm. ultimately shrinking your stomach size and opening so you eat less food or you can tolerate eating less food. Mm -hmm. The other option is a more permanent surgical – well, they're both surgical, but it's more of a permanent fix – well, fix in inverted commas, where you are, they are physically permanently making the size of your stomach smaller. That's the sleeve, and it's not as permanent as you think. Okay. Well, yes. As yes. as we we learned with Ali. Yes. It is. It, it can it can be reversed over time, which we had to do, and that sort of is a sneak preview for where this is going. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they're they're two of the big ones um, here in Australia. Uh, but yeah, it's restriction or it's malabsorption. Yes. Now, to me personally, when you're using terms like that, it kind of gives away how fucked this actually is. Yeah. Because it's like, well, if you like, for example, say you like eating food, and now you're going to be restricted on how much you can have, let alone what you can tolerate. Mm. Or on the other hand, the malabsorption road, your body can't absorb the nutrients it used to absorb now you think right on one side of the coin oh cool i can't absorb as much junk correct yes but what's on the other side of that coin Mm. you also can't absorb as much of the good stuff yeah which is a problem yes which is a major problem major problem so we can't we can't speak to this from a personal standpoint because on in one situation with Courtney there was just a lack of awareness 
in my situation, there's a lack of financial means. Yes. But both of us can agree in hindsight, and hindsight is a wonderful thing, fuck, we're glad we dodged that. Yeah. Why? Let's, take, let's get into this. Yeah. Well, I, I, as you say, can't speak from sort of a personal example. Even No one even in my family has had this surgery. Neither, neither is mine. What I can say, though, is that we've obviously had clients that have had this surgery. Yes. And there's been a lot of sort of high-profile people that I have followed, you know, in the age now of social media. You see people talk about it. And I can honestly say that I'm happy that I didn't get the surgery or wasn't involved in in knowing even about really about how big this weight loss surgery industry is because from what I know now from the amount of food that I eat it would just change everything about my lifestyle mm-hmm. so not being able to eat the amount of food that I eat not being able to exercise the same way that I've been exercising um, just those two factors alone I think is huge. And then you add on top of that the people that you see that, that have had the surgery, they lose a ton of weight. Quickly. They do it quickly. So then they're still unhappy with the way that they look because they've got a lot of loose skin. They've got, um, you know, uh, you know there's, there's been people on social media that have had entire body lifts. Well, or, well put it this way, I've seen it where um, multiple Lifts are required. Oh yeah, arms, legs, tummy, boobs. It's because of the it's because of the volume of skin that's taken away. But again, the the well, I suppose the method that is used, and this this isn't just limited to surgery though, but the method used to lose the weight can dictate how much damage there is afterwards. Mm-hmm. So he, it's it's worth mentioning if you get to the stage where you are super 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 overweight slash obese and you've got a lot of weight to lose and you do it, there, there will be... There will be skin involved there will, be, there will be complications that come after it. What will change is the level of the complications, or I suppose I could also say how much damage there is based on how you lost the weight. Mm. So when it comes to weight loss, there are a number of ways to skin this cat. Surgery is one of them. But even then, what happens after that can be different and this is where we now start talking about like professional experience in terms of pros and cons and where you see where you've seen this make things harder in a number of instances is that well here's the thing what i've seen um with people with that are coming off weight loss surgery there's massive limitations on exercise Mm. because the thing is exercise is i'll use the analogy of driving your car what does your car need to be able to drive? Petrol. It's petrol, mate. Much like the human body. And all of a sudden, you've got someone who may want to, you know, get into the gym, get active, and more power to them. I'm all for that. But th- that activity requires fuel. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've got a limitation on how much can come in. Yeah. Ali, Ali spoke about this in her podcast episode in, yeah. in the last season. When she met us, she was able to eat the equivalent of an egg. For a meal. For a meal. Yeah. So, and that that was what, two months post-surgery? Yeah, it would have been thereabouts. Something like that. So even after two months, she still hadn't worked up to being able to eat anything more than an egg. (laughs) And she would feel sick and full. Yeah. Um, So that the... 
the limitations on food, which then are, have a direct flow-on effect to the limitations on exercise. Well, the thing is, when you talk about limitations that, that I've seen with people, there's there's three categories. Exercise, uh, nutrition in terms of tolerances and how much you can actually get in. Because here's the thing, when it comes to actual long-term weight loss and improvements, the idea isn't to eat less food. No. It's to eat less shit. It's to eat less shit food. replace it with more of the good stuff. Mm. Because take it from us, if you make the switch from calorie-dense, nutrient-sparse foods to nutrient-dense, calorie-sparse foods, they're not the same in terms of the volume. No. Like if you go from eating... Big Macs every day to eating like lean lean protein source and vegetables, the size of your meals will be a bit different. Yes. So you've got food limitations and then you've got energy limitations. Mm. And all these three things, exercise, food, energy, play into each other. Yes. And this is where I've seen people affected. So they can't get in a volume of food required to sustain or fuel the activity they want to undertake mm. because they haven't got the energy to do it. Yeah. Which then impacts what they can actually do. Mm. So all of a sudden, you find people that can't last no. a full training session because the juice is not in the tank. Mm. And what I've found with these people, and Ali's a really great example, is we had to work to kind of reverse the surgery. Mm. So Ali first starts with us. She can't last 10 minutes in the gym. Can't last 10 fucking minutes in the gym. And then you combine that with the fact that her meals are the size of an egg. Like your child eats more than that. Mm. Right? Now, the thing is, over time, you've got to be patient here to basically retrain, especially in Ali's case, retrain her body to take in more food yes. and absorb the nutrients. Yes. And this is the one thing, when I, when I first met Ali, I said to her, like, just so you understand, this surgery that you got, and by then she already said to us, like, this, yeah. I wish I didn't do this. I said to her, you know, it is what it is, no judgment from us. No. But... And this is what I told people. Like the next person that comes to us has had weight loss surgery, I'm going to tell them the same thing. This is going to be harder. Mm. This is going to be harder because we need to, we need to get your body ready to handle what you're going to want it to do. And all of a sudden, you've then got to, I guess you'd say, make these concessions, which is fine. It is what it is. But you've got to be strategic about it. Like, it's not a case of, oh, well, I've had surgery. I'm now going to go and do what, what every other active person does. Like, fucking good luck with that. Mm. Because who knows if you can tolerate much by the way of food? Yeah. Who knows how long you're going to last in the gym? So you've got to start with someone's program and it's got to be cut back, really cut back. So I know Courtney and I, we start any sort of um, – I suppose you say average, and I use that term loosely, but average beginner client, they might start, you know, two, three days a week in the gym. Mm. Total. Total. You're cutting that back. Yeah. You're cutting that back for someone that's coming off a surgery for sure. Mm. Because you know that on the back end of it, 
they're not exactly going to go home and slam in all this good food to recover. No, well, they, they can't. All the good intentions in the world, but if you if you if your body won't accept it, then you know you can't do anything about it. So yep. they're they're the the three massive ones, as you said, Matt. Exercise, food, and energy. They're the huge ones, and the thing is, to me, where this comes from, and what this also builds up even more as a problem, and this is the the biggest thing I the biggest problem I think I have with surgery overall, is it doesn't help you habitually improve. No. So to me, if someone gets surgery and it's like, oh, well, cool, I can now just eat less of the same shit I was eating before, is that really a win? No. No, and I think that that's where, for me, looking at surgery, that is the second biggest thing for me that is always just so glaringly obvious. It's probably even the thing that you observe first, to be honest, that people have this surgery and they don't know what is going to be different other than the fact they can't eat as much food. So what happens is I've, I've, I've had people where I've heard stories of people who will eat a Mars bar and vomit because they can't keep it down mm-hmm. or they will eat a sausage roll and it gets stuck in their, in their band. <laughs> And so they've got to vomit, force themselves to vomit it back up. Look, well, can also go in another direction in terms of because you get this surgery done, great, I'm just going to eat less shit. You're not learning about what's been holding you back to begin with. That's the biggest thing. And how often have you seen people and heard stories of people that defeat their weight loss surgery and can get around it and just keep eating shit? Oh, so often. Especially, though, with the band because then people will just loosen it. Yeah. And then they go back to eating what they did before because it all becomes too hard because they have they really haven't got down to the foundation, to the root of the problem as as to, okay, and, and a lot of this as well, when we speak about, you know, the want to lose weight versus the need to lose weight, and I think a lot of the time when it comes to weight loss surgery, it's at that point where you've got a doctor or somebody telling um, somebody or oh, no, you need to lose weight. So then it becomes a need. So they haven't even got to the root core of what the goal is. It's all they're focusing on is no, 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 I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. So if you, all, all you're focusing on is if, okay, I need to lose weight, we haven't set any goal benchmarks because it's not what you're not saying to us what you want, what you want out of it. So you've got no foundation as to why you're losing weight Mm. other than the fact that someone, the doctor's told you you need to. And even you've admitted, Matt, you got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and it still wasn't enough to snap you out. So just telling somebody, oh, if you don't do this, you'll die, people think, oh, that should be enough. You know, that should be enough. No. Not always, no. Not always. So you haven't got to the root problem or the root foundation as to why you want to lose weight which means that you haven't analysed what the bad habits are, which means you can't start addressing them. So as you said, Matt, you got somebody who's used to eating takeaway, who's used to eating, you know, fried food, pizza, chips, you know, ice cream, all this stuff, and basically they get weight loss surgery. You get weight loss surgery and what do they do? They just tell themselves, well, I can still eat that, but I'll just eat less of it. Is that really a win? 
No, but it doesn't work anyway. Mm. Like people think to themselves, oh, this will work. It, that doesn't work either. So Because you feel like shit. Mm. You still feel like shit because you're, you're getting less energy into your body because you can't absorb it and you're eating so much less than you it, – it's like and – it, and it's not even a gradual cut. This is like bang, cut down. You're eating so much less than you used to. You're not absorbing it. You have you then you're lacking in energy, and you're supposed to be making good nutritional choices, but you've got no education as to what they are. Then there's also the intolerances that yeah. I've seen develop, reflux that will come, and it can be caused by even the most innocuous things. Mm. I did know a woman once that had surgery done and um, had reflux on vegetables. Mm. <laughs> it's like this is this is the. The worst case scenario. One of the the primary sort of foods you want to eat to really get in great shape, and you, your body won't let you absorb it. Mm. Fuck, slight backfire, Mm. you might say. Now, I I can fully understand why people would get these procedures because, again, like often you don't know any better. Mm. And one of the issues I have is that it's not fully explained. Yes. To me. I think if you have dreams of an active life and no one's told you how this can impact that active life, like you are going to be walking into it. Yes. You're really going to be walking into it because in, in my experience now, seeing this quite a number of times with people and seeing it fail, I, I honestly see weight loss surgery fail more than it succeeds. Mm. There's something else, another reason where I see it fail more than it succeeds. And it comes, it's a discussion about the success, and I use that term loosely, that some people have with their weight loss surgery where they do indeed lose weight, but they're just smaller versions of themselves. Mm. So if you are a large, out of shape individual, is your goal to be a slightly less large, out of shape individual? Mm. It probably isn't. I would think a great goal is to be completely different and dramatically improved. The, the, the br- blunt way for me to say this, I've seen plenty of people lose weight after weight loss surgery and still look like shit. Yeah. Except now they feel like shit. Mm. They also function like shit. Then we have multiple surgeries following it up. Mm. So all of a sudden, what could be a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 procedure becomes three of them. Like that. No thanks. Yeah. So to me, there is a side effect here in terms of body composition. Mm. It's one of, one, one of the things that's worked, in hindsight, worked in, in, in our favour for Courtney and I because the way we've gone about things, yeah, it's been slower. Like we've lost weight and changed ourselves slower than it would have been had we had surgery and, you know, not tried to... Re- fuck it up by eating more shit. Mm-hmm. So it's been slower. But the photos look a lot different. Yeah. A hell of a lot different. Yeah. No regrets there? No. So I see I see limitations on exercise. I see limitations on food. I see limitations on energy. I see a massive lack of education on habits and what got someone into the state that they're in to begin with. And if you're not taught 
formally taught and guided on how to turn these habits around into your favour, the surgery is not going to make it any better. No. Definitely not. It's the same thing, like after surgery, they tell them what they can eat. Mm. But they don't, there's no, there's no real education into what, what were the habits before? Why were we eating this food before? You know, what, what, do we, what do we need to change? Let's change this habit. Let's change that habit. Just because you have surgery and then someone tells you what you should eat now, that doesn't erase all those years that of, of those habits that got you to that place in the first place. Can I, can I share probably the biggest reasons why I'm glad I never got it done? Because <clears throat> there's two reasons. One, I love food. Yeah. Even the good food I have now, I love it. Mm. The second reason, I like being active. Mm. I like knowing I've got the energy on a daily basis to get up and do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Which leads me to a conclusion. Yeah? The official The Weight Loss Podcast conclusion on weight loss surgery I think we're going to agree, Courtney, it is worth having if you don't like the idea of eating food and living an active lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. If you just want to eat eat small amounts of food a day and be sedentary, giddy up. Yeah. Go for it. Perfect for you. For sure. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to get get your body back, get active enjoy what life has to offer, I can't get behind it. In some cases, to be fair, fully transparent here, in some cases, I've seen these things work out quite well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so have I. But I've seen more disaster stories... Correct. ...than I've seen victory stories. Now, in the case of um, Alison Brown, Alison Brown is um, is a success story because we reversed the way her fucking operation worked to begin with. Yes. Make no mistake, for that woman to lose 100 kilos, the procedure she had made this harder. Yes. As her coach, I can tell you, she, she was the most challenging person I've ever had to work with because of the yeah buts that come with that. So as tough as this is for some people to hear, if you like the idea of eating food and enjoying food and you like the idea of being active and being energetic, I wouldn't recommend this. No. And I I think we wouldn't recommend this. No. But it's worth having a discussion from an educational standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And and sort of touching on it a bit. Let's give some tips Mm -hmm. because we like to give some quick wins where we can. First tip I want to give if you're looking into getting weight loss surgery yourself, is honestly, buddy, go and do your fucking homework. Mm. Do not fall for the, oh, it's the easy solution. No, trust me, it isn't. No. There are, there, there are other sides to this coin that you probably aren't aware of right now. Go and do the homework on what's exactly involved with the procedures, not just how they work, but how they don't work. Yes, and in saying that, also talk to people that have had it done. Mm. 
not just the success stories, as you say, Matt, because you will find them. Of course. There's always some out there. Of course. But Enough get done, someone gets it right. Exactly. But there's also a lot of people who have reversed it as a, as a result of, of it not working for them. Yep. So I would highly recommend talking to as many people as possible that have had the surgery and that have different experiences yeah. to be had. If, if you're going to do it, make an informed decision yes. for better or for worse. And as part of that um, informed decision, make sure you know what actual side effects can be present with this. Yes. And just understand that you've got to be willing to potentially accept what could happen as yeah, a result. Yeah. yeah. And take it from us, we've seen this enough times now. I've met plenty of people that have had surgery, but they don't fucking look like it. No. No. And the, the, yeah, the first thing is I think of, honestly, when, when I when I will meet people like this and hear stories like this, I think, fuck, you just took ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 and you just set it on fire. Yeah. Yep. And then went through the trauma of an invasive procedure and now as a result, you're still overweight, but you just can't eat much and you feel like shit. Yeah. You just paid $10,000 for the privilege. And I think it's also worth asking yourself if are you doing this because you feel like you need to mm. or you really want to? Mm. Because that that's a difference as well. In conclusion, professionally, we'll never recommend it. No. We can we can vouch for doing things the slow way. Mm. The unfashionable way. And the unfashionable way. And do you know the biggest reason why we can vouch for that? Not just, oh, because that's what Matt and Courtney have done. No, because there's no fucking side effects. Yeah. We've done things the slow, unfashionable way. We've worked on our habits. We've stuck with it. We've made our mistakes. We've learned. We've improved. We've changed dramatically. Fuck, we feel good. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. It. But it, but and what what side effects have we had? Well, none. I've had no side effects from the way I've changed. So what I can say is that if someone wants to go and have weight loss surgery, go for your life. You're running the risk. Hmm. If you choose to do it without the surgery, the biggest risk you run is you quitting before you get a result. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to add to that? I'd also just say it doesn't matter how big you are. What do you mean? Like what your starting weight is. Okay. That you can always do it. Like you can always try it without surgery. I think there's always a misconception as well that once you get to a certain weight, so you're really big, you're you're in the obese category, that surgery is your only option. Well, I was a primary candidate for it mm. given when you think when you think of what they factor in for for being eligible for this type of procedure like they usually go off the the BMI I mean pff, fucking BMI mate but I was really in the category for that um, and because of the size just the I took up a lot of space mm. I was the perfect candidate for that and I think to myself given where I started from if I can do this anyone can Yes. Because there's nothing more special about me than someone else. No. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Anything else there, Courtney? No. I think you just think of up. the long-term nature of this. I'm glad you said that because there is a long-term thing here because you also you are looking at the rest of your life. Yeah. you gotta, you got to think about the long-term nature of it. And I think also you have to think we've known a lot of mums and dads that have had this done as well. And you have to also think about, you know, if, if you're a parent, mm. you have to think about the, the habits and, and, and the changes that if you go through it the quote-unquote unfashionable slow way, yeah. you think about how that flow-on helps the rest of the family yeah. as well. Whereas if you have something like the surgery and then your, your energy is impacted, yeah. That, yeah, and you've got no habitual changes, you've got no formal education into mm. it, you're not bringing anything then to your family. Yeah, you've got to play the long game with this, mm. don't you? Yeah. Really? And I, I know just from our personal experience, like, obviously, I think it's been, for me personally, I think it was a blessing that I couldn't get it done. Mm. Absolutely. Because I don't think I'd be anywhere near where I am now in any capacity. No. No, because then it, it churns up other insecurities based around other things like um, excess skin, things like that. So, so you know, people, I guess, when they're explaining the surgery to you as well, they don't often talk about those things. And that's where speaking to people who have had the surgery and their experience was, is a massive tip to, to give because that's where you find out those sort of things. And I think a lot of people just look at obviously the the sur- the surface level issue here, which is I I want something to happen now. I'll just do this. But yeah. there's a flow on, and then that flow on has a flow on, and then that flow on has a flow on. Yeah. So those are the things that aren't in the educational brochures that you get from the GP. They're not they're not on the website of the surgeon. Because they're the unflattering part of surgery. Well, is, I'm glad you brought that up because I also think to myself, like if I, if I'd had that done when I was younger, I think of the things now I probably wouldn't have. I don't think I'd be in the shape that I'm in. No. Because I would have lost weight if if I had lost weight. There's no guarantee you lose it with surgery. If I had lost weight, how would I have done it? Mm. I then think. Would I have then had to learn how to make my habits work for me? I also think getting that done for me personally would have robbed me of the path I've gone down, which lets me coach the people I work with mm. with empathy. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I probably don't think this podcast would exist. Yeah. You and I probably wouldn't have met. No. Going through those 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 things yourself and in yeah. your own mind and, and dealing with them and, and coming up with ways of dealing with things like that, it definitely gives you the ability to be able to pass on that knowledge to other people. Mm. And, yes, like you, Ellie's interview was really powerful, I think. She's gone through a lot being someone who had the surgery. So it is still possible to go through a lot, to learn a lot about yourself, but it, it, it is, it's, it's on a different level. Can we, can we be clear on one thing? She is one in a million. Yeah, and I think that it's on a different level, and I think that uh, 
it, it just it it's really comes down to a quality of life and where you see your quality of life. And I think you touched on it earlier, Matt, when you're losing a lot of weight, your skin only has a certain amount of elasticity in it. So yes, the you know I, I, I don't want the the assumption to be oh well if I don't have weight loss surgery and I lose eighty kilos, I'm not going to have any skin issues. Because the chances are you probably still will have some. Well, it depends on how you do it, doesn't it? It depends on how you do it. But there is probably the the likelihood is that there's going to be something a little bit there where you're not 100% happy. And that just comes, unfortunately, with the territory. Yep. But you lose 80 kilos from weight loss surgery in six months. Oh. And you're going to be very, very unhappy with the way that your body looks. And I think that that's what I'm talking about where every flow on – has another flow on. Yep. So it's it's not spoken about a lot. It's surface level only. This is medically necessary for your health. You must have this surgery. Yeah. It will make sure that you can lose weight in the shortest amount of time possible. You can eat whatever you want still and you just eat less of it. Just shit like this is what gets thrown around. Mm. But flow on after flow on. So there's complications that could happen in the original surgery. It's surgery. Things can go wrong. Yep. Then you've got... You know, if you've got the band, you've got to go back into hospital and get tightened all the time or loosened. You know, you can make yourself physically ill often with the food choices that you make. You know, it's just a constant. It's a constant, constant, um, constant thing. The the phrase you used that really, I think, puts a bow on this is quality of life. Mm. I think if I had it done, my quality of life would not be as good. Mm. So officially, we're not for it. No. And that's just us. And um, we know everything. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. We had a lot of questions after Ali's uh, interview episode. So we hope that that now has answered a few more of those questions. Well, that's, it. that's our two cents worth on weight loss surgery. Take that for what you will. Um, yes. We didn't get it done and fuck, we're glad we didn't. Now, on to something very important. You want to hang out with me and Courtney? Come to our Facebook group. Yes. Come to our Facebook group. You'll find the link for that in your podcast app right now. Come hang out with Courtney and I. Come hang out with fans of the show, like-minded people. Yes. Yeah? Absolutely. If you want to support the show and keep us ad-free, which, by the way, you should. Yes. Because ads, nope. (laughs) You can buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash weight loss. You'll find that link also in your podcast app. And keep the show ad-free. Show us some love. That's it. Our email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. We would love to hear from you um, to answer any of your questions or feedback in an upcoming Q&A episode. And that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Courtney, well done. High five across the room. Bang. (laughs) So you take care. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 